0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America N.A. member FDSE.
1: This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. It's official. It is a dynasty in Kansas City. But how much help did they get last night? It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN radio on Sirius XM channel 80 and on your smart speakers, Joseph, what's going down, brother?
2: These are the shows we live for, right? These are the shows you live for when you work in this business. It is a privilege and an honor to share these microphones in this building with some of the all time greats. It's a privilege and an honor to share the microphone with you from noon to 3 p.m. Eastern today it's pretty straightforward. It's Super Bowl Monday. We yep. get to sit here and we get to talk about the biggest, baddest sport on the planet for three hours. It is an absolute honor to get the chance to do that. And it's hell of a game, awesome. too, by the
1: way. Oh, my God. Very, very good game up there, and we'll talk about where the game itself ranks in the pantheon of Super Bowls later in the show, and we need you to be a part of the program as well at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We're going to hear from you throughout the course of the day, but the big story this morning is after the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, the 49ers speak after the game about the controversial decision of of Kyle Shanahan to to take the football first in overtime and how much were the 49ers aware in the moment of the new overtime rules? Take a listen to Kyle Juszczyk after the game.
0: You know what? I didn't even realize that the the playoff rules were different in overtime. So I, have, I assumed you just want the ball because you score a touchdown and win, but I guess that's not the case. Um, so I don't really, I don't totally know the strategy there. No. No, we haven't talked about it, no.
1: We hadn't talked about it, and I guess that's not the case. That's not a good sign. And the head coach didn't exactly inspire a lot of confidence in how he handled the situation. This is something we talked about. With None of us have a ton of experience of it, but we went through all the analytics and talked with those guys,
0: and we just thought it'd be better. We wanted the ball third. With both teams matched and scored. We wanted to be the ones who had the chance to go win and got that field goal, so we knew we had to hold them to at least a field goal. And If we did, then we thought it was in our hands after that.
1: I don't buy this. I don't buy it. I'm not sure that Kyle Shanahan even knew the rule in the moment, Joe. I really don't. Because otherwise, having the ball third, I don't care what analytics say, that makes absolutely no sense. You want the ball second to know exactly what you need. Each team's getting the football at least one time, no matter what happens. I think the head coach didn't know what was going on and didn't know about the rule change in the moment. And that's why it hadn't been discussed with his football team. Who spoke
2: before Kyle Shanahan? What audio was that? Who'd you throw to? That was Kyle Juszczyk. You know where he went to college? Harvard, I believe. Graduated from Harvard. Yeah, Not a lot of Harvard graduates in the NFL. That's not to knock the knowledge or education of players in the NFL, but it's rare you have an Ivy League-educated player in the NFL who's known for being one of the most cerebral players in the NFL, has been fantastic throughout his entire career, all pro, gets on the microphone after the game, says he didn't know the rule, says they didn't talk about it in the buildup. That's problematic. That's problematic. Even if you didn't talk about it in the time leading up to it, the fact that it wasn't discussed in the brief intermediary you had late fourth, when it looked like an overtime was going to be possible, some, someone, has to be there, bringing you up to speed. And I'd love to see the analytics that point to the idea of getting the ball 3rd let Let's, let's start with that. We wanted the ball third. There's no guarantee. There's a third possession. Exactly. We realize that right. And there wasn't a third possession last night. So you're playing for something that might not even occur. When you work through all the possible scenarios, if you're taking the ball first, best case scenario, you score a touchdown. Mm -hmm. you're still exposed because your opponent can score a touchdown and tie and go to that third possession, or they can score a touchdown, go for the two-point conversion, and beat you right there.
1: Which is something we've seen more of lately. Absolutely. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, you're going to
2: want to put it in your defense's hands after everything they've been asked to do that game? Let Mahomes go win it for you. Scenario number two, if you take the ball first, you kick a field goal much like the Niners did. You're now compromised if you give up a touchdown. Scenario three, you punt If you get the ball first, you're compromised because a field goal or touchdown beats you scenario four: you turn the ball over similar to the punt. You're compromised if the other team scores a field goal or a touchdown. There's no great scenario there. The best one is scoring a touchdown and then having to get a stop. Conversely, if you get the ball second, look at all the possible permutations. They can screw up by turning the ball over. They can screw up by having to punt. They can screw up by kicking only a field goal and leaving the door open. And then there's the worst-case scenario where you give up a touchdown, you still get the ball and have a chance to go down and score. Yeah. And you can go for two and try to win the game right there. So I don't know what analytics are going to come out that point to the idea that taking the ball first is where a team would want to be given that scenario. And now that we've had one example of it, it looks damn sure more likely you'd want the ball second than first.
1: Well, I've got more sound that I want to play for you. All right. Because it's not just Kyle Juszczyk. Just to drive the point home. Eric Armstead, were you aware of what the deal was?
0: I didn't even know about the new uh,
1: playoff overtime rule, so it was a surprise to me. Okay, it was a surprise to me. It was a full-on surprise to me. But then, go to the other side. Chris Jones was asked after the game about the decision for the 49ers to take the ball first your mind when they say they want this ball to start overtime.
2: they're crazy they're crazy
3: yeah yeah because the overtime rules has changed where both teams get the ball no matter who scores so you know uh originally you want to let you want to let the other team get the ball stop them holding the three so you know
1: where you got or if you stop them, and they punt it then all you have to do is kick three Chris Jones just explained it better than anybody did last night. He just explained everything. Why? He was prepared. His team was prepared. Now, look, Joe. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it is the only reason that the San Francisco 49ers lost a game. But it plays a role. It absolutely plays a role. Because what you have done, in essence, the biggest thing you have done in all of that is you have given Patrick Mahomes fourth down. And that's inexcusable. I don't know how many bites at the apple you can give a guy that later today we're going to talk about where he ranks in the pantheon of all-time quarterbacks and how much closer he is to Tom Brady. That's just stupid. That's bad game management. That's not knowing what you're doing in the moment. And when I hear Shanahan talk about it earlier, he does not say it with his chest, as they say. He says it kind of in a matter-of-fact way as if, This was what I was going to say coming into this uh, press conference. I mean, at least be creative in the moment, Joe. At least be creative. Your your defense had been on the field for a 12-play drive and then an 11-play drive. At least use them as an excuse and say you want to get them some rest.
2: If you go back and listen to what Chris Jones said, he discusses how they changed the rule. Yes! Why did they change the rule? it's because the Bills didn't get a crack at the ball in the playoff game against the Chiefs in the divisional round, what was it, two years ago? Yep. That's why they ch- they changed the rule to level the playing field for the team who wasn't getting the ball. Getting the ball first was no longer the advantage in overtime. The rule was specifically changed because getting the ball first was such an advantage. They leveled the playing field and the Niners didn't adjust or put the research in. What worries me is... If you're a Niner player and you're hearing all this, especially when you listen to the Chiefs side, you're thinking to yourself, we just lost the Super Bowl, and there are a myriad of reasons we can look to it, but the guys on the other side of the field were prepped on this. The guys on the other side of the field were aware of this. Their coach was aware of it. Their players were aware of it. They had discussed it. We were in the Super Bowl. Our head coach didn't discuss it with us. We were in the Super Bowl. We didn't know about it. Why is it they knew and we didn't? And I wonder if now that this is yet another defeat and another shortcoming suffered on behalf of Kyle Shanahan, San Francisco 49ers, if the players start looking at the head coach thinking, you know what, man? Is this as good as we can do? Is this the best we can do? Not advocating for any changes in positions, but as well as they've run that ship for a while, you start losing confidence in the head coach. That can be very problematic. And today, if you're a member of the Niners and you have no idea... No idea what that rule scenario was supposed to be and what the analytics dictate. That shows that you guys weren't prepped adequately and you look right to the top for answers Joe, to questions like that.
1: I got to tell you, there are guys that are finding out today what the rules were on that football team. That That's inexcusable. I mean, when Chris Jones tells you, yeah, we knew all about it. We knew all about it for two weeks. And by the way, if they had scored a touchdown first, we were going to go for two to try to win the game. I mean, he told you that. That's how prepared they were. It's bothersome when you have a head coach that we spent, I don't know, probably at least three hours total on last week, uh, making the right decisions in the right times and not being overwhelmed by the moment, having something like this happen. it's, It's really bothersome, and it's really bothersome that just the simplest notion of it all, that you would give extra chances to a team that, frankly, you had opportunities to bury early in the game because they were reeling at different times. Reeling, and you didn't do it. And but, this guy has come back to life how many times? Bottom line,
2: many. bottom line here is the Chiefs are better than anybody in the NFL at winning in the margins. Yep. They win in the margins. They understand the final 2 to 3% and how to be better than everybody else in those margins. And they can sometimes deploy a strategy in which they can just wait you out. They can let you give the game away. They let Baltimore give the game away. They let Buffalo screw the game up late. They are really good at allowing the opposition enough time to make the one or two fatal mistakes that'll cost them. And they did the same thing. It took them every minute of regulation and overtime to get there, but they were able to wait the Niners out all the way until the end where they made one crucial fatal decision and it ultimately cost them the championship.
1: We are so jacked up for this show today at eight 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 say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. We want you to be a part of the program. We're opening up the phone soon, but in just moments as we get rolling on Carlin versus Joe, Patrick Mahomes is now a three-time Super Bowl champion and three-time Super Bowl MVP, and this dude's only twenty-eight. So what does it all mean? Carlin versus Joe is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $750 on average. Call or click today and find out if we could save you hundreds on your car insurance. It's all in front of us next on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
0: Kansas City, McCall Hardman,
3: McCall Hardman with the catch on the right side. A three-yard touchdown pass in overtime. Kansas City wins the game, 25-22. Patrick Mahomes certainly did enough tonight to put his name in the conversation now with Tom Brady. He's the best player I've ever seen, and that's no disrespect to Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, or any of
1: the great ones. Ultimately, the reason that the Kansas City Chiefs are Super Bowl champions is number 15. That's what it boils down to. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio, on the ESPN app. Joe, you know, you were a little bit on me last week when I started feeling like that Brady, after that, uh, after the divisional round, I felt like Brady could be caught by Mahomes. And last night, we see mistakes made by Mahomes throughout the course of the game. We... There were opportunities there to knock him out, to get him out in that game. I mean, early second half, that pick, they had a chance to do it and they couldn't do it. And when you don't hit the shot, when you don't hit the kill shot on him, you are in big trouble. What's the saying? If you're going to take aim at the king... You best not miss. And that's what happened last night. And Mahomes, what do you know? In overtime, goes eight for eight and goes down the field and has a 19-yard scramble. I mean, it's amazing to watch him play. And he, for us, to appreciate greatness, this is what it looks like. Mahomes is the closest thing to Jordan I've seen. Oh, that's just full stop right there. Uh, that's what that a, is full stop well we can get into the larger discussion of it but i mean in, the, in right. the practice of what greatness looks like this is it and this guy is going to catch tom brady eventually
2: i mean the thing is jordan struggled early Mahomes yeah. didn't even really struggle early he had the one <laughs> year where he lost in the afc championship game and then that was kind of it for the struggles yeah. jordan had a few years of that I'm not we're we're going to get into the whole Mahomes yeah. versus Brady thing because that's what everyone wants to do today. Mahomes now has 3. Congratulations. You're almost halfway to Tom 7. You're almost halfway. But but before we even get into yeah. that, let's just appreciate this for what it is. I think there's a case to be made that might be more specific and might be more applicable in the sense that Mahomes is probably already the greatest closer of all time. That might be something we're able Mm -hmm. to say because he is now currently 15 and four in the postseason. 15 and four in the postseason. That's a greater than 75% win percentage, right there. He's been to six straight AFC championship games. He's been to four Super Bowls. He's won three of them. He's eight and three in one score games. And I think that's the most key number here. He has played 11 postseason games that have that have been decided by a single score, much like last night's, much like last year's Super Bowl against Philadelphia. He's 8-3 and three in those games. He has won six straight one-score games in the postseason. He's probably, at this point, the greatest closer of all time because he had an opportunity to close it out last night. And with that opportunity, he took full advantage. The Super Bowl he lost, there was no opportunity to close it out. They got blown out. And there's a reason for that and he does not get to stay away from the blame or anything like that. That's not what I'm getting at. But my God, if you want any proof as to how good he is, go to Chicago today, go to Atlanta today, (laughs) go to Carolina, go anywhere in the NFL where they have quarterback issues and where they've had quarterback issues for a while, and those fans will just sit there mouth hanging wide open praying for the day they can get a quarterback in there who can do 10% of what Mahomes does in these late-game scenarios.
1: The idea that it doesn't matter what has happened throughout the entire game, if he's given the opportunity late, he's going to make the play that will win the game. And I think it probably is most illustrated last night by third and one at the San Francisco 32 an overtime and a scramble for 19 yards. On the timeout
2: I thought it was important for us to go over there and discuss what we wanted in that moment. Man, we, we all agreed on that play. I knew before the play it's more of a man design play where Kels kind of comes from behind the line of scrimmage. And I talked to Rasheed about maybe if you can't set the little rub, if you can kind of set up open and with them being so focused on that it opened right open for me to run and I knew I was going to get a yard so I, I actually got down on that one and we were able to get that first down and
1: uh, keep Keep the drive going. That was for the fourth down play, and then there was the 19-yard scramble later on for the third down play uh, that kept it alive as well. I mean, this guy just comes through in all of these spots, and you can rely on him to deliver. uh, What is amazing to me is just, at times, how bad he looked and how we always talk about being able to take it one play at a time and all that stuff. But when it matters the most, Joe, he's not going to make the mistake. When it matters the most, he is not going to make the big mistake that is going to kill you.
2: Well, let's not forget he missed a wide-open Rasheed Rice for a touchdown at the end of regulation to win the game. If we're going to paint this picture, let's paint it accurately. He did make a mistake in a really crucial spot. The Niners just weren't able to make him pay for it. And Rice was letting him know it on the sideline. Yeah. And we went back and watched the replay. He was wide open over the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. If Mahomes sees him, he hits him. Rice is in. It's a touchdown. We're not even talking about overtime today. But I'd ask you this. How would you, what word would you use to describe Patrick Mahomes' first half? How would you describe it? Uh not great. Not great. Okay, yeah. not great. Now, here are his stats for the first half. I'm just gonna throw this at you. You tell me what you think. Yep. Eleven of thirteen for 123 yards, no turnovers. Yeah, yeah. that's I mean, that's that's not a by any other standard. Yeah, that's not good. even that
1: bad. That's but a rock know, but, solid half. What was half. the biggest stat of all? They hadn't put up points. They were sitting there at halftime in a in a situation where they had three points.
2: But the point is, even when we perceive him as bad, he's not bad. He wasn't bad. It was just by his standard that we hold him to, which is an incredible standard. It's the highest standard in the NFL. We see that as bad. If that's Purdy in the first half, they only have three points, but he's 11 of 13, 123 yards, no turnovers. You're sitting there going, Purdy's doing his thing. Purdy's well, bit, doing
1: just fine. He's right, keeping again, him in the game. If we're going to talk about it, let's paint it accurately. They had six total yards in the first quarter. So most of that came in the second quarter. And then in the first series in the third quarter, he threw a god-awful interception. So listen, point is, no matter what has happened, there's nobody else I'd rather have right there. And he's the reason they're sitting here with another Super Bowl championship. He's also the reason
2: so many really
1: good quarterbacks
2: get raked over the coals because they don't do this. Josh Allen got crushed after that game in the divisional round because Allen couldn't make the big play late to win the game. Lamar Jackson got crushed in the AFC Championship game because he couldn't make any of the necessary plays to get past Patrick Mahomes. Jalen Hurts last year in the Super Bowl for as great as he was, because they lost that game, people will very quickly point to, well, he may have been great, but he did have the big fumble in the Mm -hmm. first half that was returned for a touchdown by Kansas City. Mahomes has made it so difficult to accurately judge the quarterback position properly outside of Mahomes because everyone compares every quarterback to Mahomes. That's the problem. If you're not Mahomes, you're seen as so inferior. That's what the greats do. They make everyone else look average. Lamar Jackson's a hell of a quarterback. Josh Allen's a hell of a quarterback. Jalen Hurts is a hell of a quarterback. But When they go up against this guy, he makes them look inferior because they'll make a mistake that he would never make, or at least make and then overcome, which he can do later in games at given any given
1: moment. I, I just look at that situation and I, I just think, I mean, I, I, I could really say this about the Chiefs' season as a whole and Mahomes' season as a whole. How many times this year did we think that they were dead? Whew, Christmas for sure. Exactly. How many times in, in the postseason did we feel like there was an opportunity to take them out? You know, quite a few. I think these chances were here, and when you don't take advantage of it, you're going to get burned. Like, you can't just hope to stick around. You better put them in a terrible spot. And a terrible spot means you have to take advantage of virtually every opportunity. Because I look at it now, and I'm kind of wondering if I'm another team in the AFC, how are we getting past this guy?
2: We got to knock him out. See, that's the thing. You get into a title fight against the champ, if you're playing to win on points, you ain't winning that fight. You've got to go knock him out. They tell you that. If you're going to take it to the cards against the champ, the champ's going to have an advantage over you. The champ's going to get the benefit of the doubt in the tight rounds. You want to go to the cards and take your chances there, best of luck. Many have tried. Many have failed in that spot. If you want to beat Mahomes, you got to knock him out. The knockout opportunities were there for the Niners. They weren't able to connect on any of the big punches.
1: Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Series 6M Channel 80, the one play that changed Super Bowl 58. A former NFL coach will tell us after Joe has this from Granger.
2: For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have both the knowledge and the experience to answer all of your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call Click Granger.com or just stop by.
1: This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
2: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
0: Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up hypnotic and cognac weighing heavy on the team.
1: Mahomes. He runs and he throws puck, touchdown. to caught the ball. The Chiefs have won their third Super Bowl in five years. The Chiefs are back-to-back Super Bowl champions. It is a dynasty.
0: Back-to-back is rare for this football team and this organization, so it's a great win It's because I know how hard it is to do.
3: Y'all can call us a dynasty. You can call us whatever you guys want. I know what we got is something more special than really what you see in the NFL.
1: No question, that's where we are right now. By the way, I was not against the little John appearance yesterday. I thought that was pretty awesome. It's a
2: great halftime show. Absolutely. Usher just, the dance moves, man, they make you feel like less of a man when you see that happening. It really does. I looked at my wife, I go, do you like this dancing? And she was like, she looks at me and she's like, yeah, it's okay. And I'm like, you don't have to lie. Yeah. I know you like it. I mean, it's it's Usher. Yeah. It looks great. Trying to
1: make us feel better. Same kind of thing. Beat it, Usher. It's Carla, versus <laughs> yeah. Joe, ESPN Radio, 6 XM Channel 80. Awesome to have Herm Edwards in studio Coach. with us right now. Thank ESPN you, NFL analyst. Coach, great to talk to you. We appreciate it. Let's just, let's start right here. What do you think happened with the 49ers at the start of overtime?
3: Well, <laughs> obviously after the conversations, you hear what happened. Um, they weren't quite sure, I guess, uh, on how to go about playing overtime. And um, that's up to the coach. You know, this is something you talk about uh, to uh, your team about. And you got to make sure they understand that. And, and, you know, when you discuss this, th- these discussions happen during the week uh, of preparation. And you actually give them some scenarios and you talk about it. You let them know way in advance that if we get in a situation, an overtime, that um, I'm in the mindset of we're going to take the ball now. Some people say you shouldn't take the ball, so you should, you should defer. But he was in the mindset of taking the ball, and that's what he wants to do. That's what he wants to do, obviously. And you can, you know, talk about the scenarios, which is the right thing to do, and you guys have already discussed it. But I think you got to make your team aware of that, and and that's important. And I don't know if these guys were aware of that. It kind of sounds like some of them didn't quite know.
2: OK, so problematic, obviously, to yes. have not been prepped on any of those scenarios, to not be ready for it. That's one thing. When you do get into the nitty gritty of it, if you were coaching, mm. would you have wanted the ball first or second in that scenario?
3: I would have deferred um, in in the sense that, you know, then I, I know I'm going to play four downs. Now, I do know this. If you decide to take it, then I'm in the mindset I'm going to play four downs as well. And that's how I'm <laughs> yeah. going Oh, really? Yeah, okay. Yeah, and that's yeah. how I'm calling it. That's how I'm calling it to the court, and this is why I'm saying, if you decide to do this, I mean, when you decide overtime during the course of the week, before the game, you're going to tell your team, hey, look, when, when we decide to take this ball, I'm in four downs, guys, so I'm going to call it that way for the quarterback. So the offense, you need to know we're in four downs. We're not, gonna, we're not going down to kick a field goal. We're going down to score. So that way I know they have to score they have to score the highest, and then we get the ball back and I can win. Yeah. So I'm gonna go over that with my team. Now if I defer, I'm gonna tell them, hey, right, we're gonna defer, you know, and then we'll go on four downs. You can explain it any way you want, but it has to
2: be explained. So you're saying do not if you're gonna take the ball, you can't be playing to kick a field goal. Oh no, no, against <laughs> Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, there you oh, go. Oh no, 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 <laughs> no. No,
1: no. What's amazing to me about a coach in the decision making is they talk about analytics and we always talk about wanting to have as much information possible. I would think that the most important piece of information that you would want to know is what you have to do to go win the game. Thus, being that second spot of having the ball and deferring, that's where you have the most information.
3: No doubt. And, and most people would probably defer. I think now maybe he was in the, in the mindset his defense was tired, which, hey, that's, 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 that, that, that's a thought. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, guys, you got to score a touchdown. You, 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 We've seen this movie before of Patrick Mahomes. You give him the ball to win the game, <laughs> and he can win it, <laughs> he's going to win the game. I mean, it, 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 stop! don't do this. We've seen this movie. It's a bad ending for you when you give him the ball because this is what he does. You know, this guy is chasing history. And so you allow him to do it, and it's like, why am I doing this? I
2: know what's going to happen already, and it happens. It happened to the Buffalo Bills. Mm. To, right. to your point, the idea that none of us are on radio or TV today saying, man, I can't believe Mahomes let him down the field and won that game. There's not <laughs> anyone saying that. That <laughs> no, was the least surprising no part problem. of it. You know, it's, it's, hey, look, it. I heard you guys talking earlier. You know,
3: it, It's like Christmas. You know it's coming. Now different time zones, but it's
0: coming.
3: It's going to happen. You're on the West Coast. It's a little later than the East
2: Coast, but it's going to happen. Santa's showing up. <laughs> Coach Herm Edwards joining us. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Outside of overtime, can you think of one specific player or moment in the game that really swung the outcome? For me, it was the, the missed
3: uh, PAT. Oh, Moody's missed that. Yeah, point. I just that just bothered me. I said, you know, this could be one of those deals now. Instead of being a four, you're only up three. It just makes it much easier to get a tie all of a sudden early with possessions left in the game, and you know. And I said that earlier. I, I said it going into this game. I said I'm a little bit nervous about the kicker. He's already missed three. He's already missed three in, in playoff competition. He didn't miss it. He made made great field goal. But he misses the point after. He gets blocked. And I went, you know, eh. I've had my I've had my times with kickers in my time. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> that sounded like a man who does yeah, not like man. kickers very
3: much. I love them when they
1: make it. That's why Herm's like, we're just going on fourth, we're going for two, oh, all yeah. gas, no breaks. Come on. Come on. Exactly. It's, awesome. it's Carla versus Joe with Herm Edwards. Um from the coaching perspective. Where do we find Andy Reid right now? I mean, what has made him such a perfect match for Patrick Mahomes?
3: Well, I, I think he understands the skill set of his quarterback, and he's in. he gives him full control of this offense. And you know what? And he's able to to obviously change. This was an offense not, not like it was the prior years where it was a big – You know, explosive offense, a lot of big plays. This year, it went back to the old running game. You know, Andy's an old running, old uh, offensive line coach at at Uh heart. And they were a running team. They ran and played great defense. That's what they did. When they were struggling with these wide receivers, Andy said, okay, I'm going to take it out of their hands. No no problem. I know what I'm going to do. We're going to run the football. We're going to have some play-action passes. And we're going to slow the game down some. And we got this really good defense that'll keep the score down. I don't have to worry about scoring 30 points anymore. I got a good defense over here that's going to hold him to about 17. You win a lot of football games, you hold people 17 points, right, in today's game. And he had that. And you can't say enough about that defense. And it took him a year to develop it because the prior year, they had all these young guys and they were struggling. They were giving up points and they were scoring 30. This year, it wasn't the same offense. But Andy's smart enough to understand these are the pieces I have. I'm going to I'm gonna put him in position – so they can be successful, and I've got the ace,
2: and it's the quarterback. If the game's close at the end, i got the, I got the best player on the planet. Put yourself in a position to win. We'd be remiss if we didn't ask because it was such a big talking point leading up to the game, but ultimately, how do you think Brock Purdy played?
3: I think he played good. I mean, for the first time him being in the Super Bowl, you know, there's nerves. I, I played in this game, and you could tell early a lot of balls on the ground. A lot of that had to do with two oh, yeah. weeks— Two weeks of not playing tackle football, right? Uh-huh. So you know, and, and, and I think you know, you're exhausted. I'm telling you guys, you're when you walk onto that field, believe it or not, your emotions are exhausted. You got to just get that back in. And I, and I thought for the most part, you know, there was a couple throws maybe he could have made, obviously, but for the most part, um, it was a it was a well played game, right? I mean, it was just at the end. <laughs> You gave 15 the ball, man. And everybody knew it. The script was written. He gets the ball, they win. That's what they do. That's what all the great quarterbacks do.
1: Herm, awesome stuff. Thank you so much for popping by for a few minutes on on a very busy day, we know. Thank you both. My pleasure. He is the best. He is Herm Edwards, ESPN NFL analyst here with us on Carlin versus Joe on ESPN radio. When you're trying to find quality candidates, all the searching, screening and interviewing that can become a job in itself. You need Indeed the all-in-one platform that makes it easy to interview, screen and hire quality people. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. Up next, not one, not two, three straight Super Bowls for the Chiefs, why they might actually have a shot to do something that nobody else has ever done in Super Bowl history. It's next. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
0: Marlon versus Joe on ESPN Radio.
2: You either are a dynasty or you're not. The dynasty so, does not last forever. Roman Empire, Ming
1: Dynasty, not lasting forever. I'm really starting to think that you might be dog's kid. Because well, listen, dynasties, we go Ming Dynasty, yeah. then we go Holy Roman Empire was neither holy nor Roman nor an empire. <laughs> well, I think we can uh, agree that this is in fact a dynasty at this point, can't we? it's a dynasty.
2: Yeah, there's no reason to come on and, like, have the big radio or TV topic. Is this a dynasty? Di- it's a dynasty. No, no, there's no dynasty. criteria for a dynasty out there
1: with which this does not satisfy. Exactly. Exactly. So that's not a discussion even really worth having. Uh, at the moment, we're well above that, I would think. But what is interesting is how long can this extend? It's Carla versus Joe on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80 uh, Listen last night to both Chris Jones and Isaiah Pacheco, who were on set with Boomer and Booger McFarlane on NFL Primetime in their discussion about what's going on in Kansas City.
3: Now that three you P have accomplished deal. Three P. That's, That's the only for? P. Hey, There's I two. was just telling him over there, I need three. Yeah, he said, I need you want to get like three more? I, I said, was- I just walked away. He wasn't locked in. Absolutely. I told Clark Hunt and I'm up there. They got to keep me here so we can keep this thing going, man. Um, we got something special brewing here. We got a lot of young guys um, that's continue to get better throughout the year. You're um, going to a guy going in his third year. Yeah. And with guys like that, we can c- continue to carry this thing, man.
1: Okay, first things first, Chris Jones, don't negotiate seconds after winning the Super Bowl because you're speaking out of emotion. And if that means that you want to stay and take less money, just remember that, you know, come March when it's actually a discussion to be had.
2: Yeah, and I remember this discussion happening not that long ago. In yeah. fact, he did not play in the first game of the season against Detroit because he was holding out for more money, and then ultimately they got something done. But I don't know, if if you're willing to take less – I'm sure they'd be willing to have you. But if you're interested in maximizing every last potential dollar, the Chiefs are probably going to have to look elsewhere. It's a, it's it It
1: sucks, but it is a business. Yeah. Now, having said that, what really strikes me is about how close we were to knocking this team off this year and burying them. And yet it didn't really matter. This is something to me. That when I talked last week about the possibility, just in the context of Brady, that three by the age of twenty-eight, as long as you have this guy, the window is open. Like we heard that comment from Joe Burrow uh, earlier this season. How long's the window open? As long as I'm here. As long as Mahomes is here, the window's wide open. And Joe, this this is a tougher thing if I'm an AFC team this morning. All I'm doing is looking at this and thinking. How am I getting past that guy? How am I getting past that guy when it is pretty clear it is exceptionally difficult, difficult to kill him? And as long as he's there and on the field, I don't know how I'm going to get past him and try to break up what, what, what clearly is a dynasty when he's been to six straight conference title games in addition to the Super Bowl wins and appearances.
2: I mean, it's a thin line. It's a really thin line to figure out how you're going to get past these guys. I mean, some of it is just good fortune. You need to stay healthy. Cincinnati didn't even have a chance of taking them out this year because they couldn't stay healthy. It's no surprise that every year the two teams that make the Super Bowl happen to be two of the healthiest teams in the NFL. Injuries are a major factor in this. It sounds obvious, but people often overlook that when they see these end-of-season scenarios and look at the teams. I mean, how are the Niners going to repeat in the NFC? The Niners had a great path. The NFC was as down as it's been, and the Niners stayed extremely healthy. Good luck to them. More on that later. But for the Chiefs, I think it would start with their own division, can someone finally step up and challenge them a little bit? Because they've been the benefactors of being in a very soft division throughout the course of this run. The Raiders never compete under any circumstances whatsoever. The Chargers puke all over themselves the second they get close to winning anything. And the Broncos can't seem to figure it out either. So at some point, you need someone to challenge them in the division to hopefully put them in a wildcard situation, send them out on the road. Problem is, they just showed us this year going on the road's no issue. Playing in the wild card's no issue. So where's it going to be from Burrow or Josh Allen or anybody else who can take these guys out? Would I pick them to win next year? No. Because I have the option of picking the other 31 when that question's asked. But you certainly can't discount it. You just have to wonder from what we've seen this year – What's the likelihood that they can get better? What's the likelihood that they get worse? How do you slice through that? Because they got some big free agents. LeJarius Sneed was phenomenal this year. He is an unrestricted free agent. Chris Jones is an unrestricted free agent. There are some other names out there that are very intriguing in terms of guys. They've got to figure out what they're going to do from a contractual standpoint.
1: And let's be clear about that defense, Joe. That defense was a huge reason that they were able to sustain – the fact that they were not the same offensive team for most of the year. It's very clear.
2: As the and, offense slid, the yeah. defense got better. It's yep. That's what a great team and, is. That's what a dynasty is. We suddenly got weak in one spot. Oh, hey, the area where we were weak, we suddenly got a lot stronger.
1: And, and it got easier for Andy Reid to change what the approach was when it wasn't working offensively because he had the defense that he had. Because he had a group of guys especially in the secondary, who were going to be very good against the pass. There's no way they let Legarius Sneed go. And as far as Jones is concerned, that's going to end up being up to him. Because remember, he really didn't get anything out of that holdout. Like, we look back and like, wait a minute, you, you held out for what? It was like an extra three mil or something, like
2: from 25 to
1: 28 or something like that? Yeah, it wasn't a ton that he got that really made the biggest difference in the world. I think there were incentives laid into there and all that, but there wasn't like, hey, let's completely redo it and get you that brand-new contract that you want. That That's not what happened here. I, I really um, – <laughs> I'm trying to think about the team right now in the AFC. First of all, in the West, okay, you've gotten better with adding Jim Harbaugh, and now we can – take you seriously but how does that translate in year one uh, the Raiders hmm, show me show me show me you're actually worth taking seriously uh, the Broncos same thing I know you've got Sean Payton I don't know who your quarterback is right now for next year the rest of the AFC there are only a couple of teams that I think there's really one to sniff
2: there's one. There's only one as of right now. It's Cincinnati. No, it's Cincinnati. Cincinnati is the only team that plays with the balls necessary to take these guys out. No one Mm -hmm. else has the balls. And I know people will hear that and go, oh, my God, I can't believe you said like, just hear me out for a second. You've got to be able to put these guys away. You can't play scared. Okay. you can't hope that they make the big mistake in the big spot. You know, maybe they'll go turn the ball over. Doesn't happen that way. Hope, prayer, all that stuff. You have to go out and you have to take it from them. Cincinnati did it at Arrowhead once. Cincinnati's got a quarterback, a mindset, and a swagger that plays into what it takes to beat Kansas City. It doesn't mean they will, but they're not going to turtle up like Baltimore. They're not going to find a way to fumble it late like Buffalo. And they're not going to be the AFC West, which has been so incompetent they can't even get close to challenging. All right. Maybe one day it's Houston. Maybe someone else rises. But the only team that plays with the balls necessary to get by these guys is the Cincinnati Bengals.
1: Joe, I think they've got two more in them. I do. In the next few years, I think they've got two more in them. And then it'll be interesting to see. Robert Half research indicates
2: nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this, too. That's why you need Robert Half.